0: Just two hosts Trying to make the most Of your feed
1: this Monday We started in a guest bedroom Then we had to make some moves But we're still bringing you comedy we make you laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh Micah And Chris, now they're in 18 states. Georgia, Oregon, and Kansas. We need money so we can feed our family. Texas, Ohio, Florida. Don't stop. stop.
0: Subscribing!
1: Donut Box, Box is thriving!
0: Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this isn't Journey, but this is the Donut Box Podcast. We dubbed over it. Well, Micah back together again we're actually recording this live together man how you
1: doing number 18 man we're almost on our way to 20 how does that make you feel oh man that's great i can't believe we're already there uh we're we're getting so close to 20 we're getting so close to i mean i was just thinking about it we're we're getting close to a few more episodes we'll be like half a year
0: yeah man time flies for sure. But if you are new to this Donut Box podcast, welcome. Uh, thanks to all of our supporters. We shout out some of the states in the song uh, Texas, Ohio, Florida, Kansas, Oregon, New Mexico, Philadelphia, uh, as well as uh, our national listeners. We have some in India, Ireland, uh, London, as well as Belgium, Moscow. So we thank you guys for listening to us and we appreciate all that you do. So on this first, um, Segment is our Old Fashioned Donut, which is a story from our past. <laughs> now, Micah, what's the story on the Old Fashioned
1: Donut today? This week, we're going to be talking about the good old Lockett Dam story. Now, I just want to start off this story by saying Christopher had a wonderful car. It was his first car. It was a Buick. What was it? It was a it was what year was it, it was 19...
0: 96 Buick Century, white, it was a big body, four-door sedan, white, gray cloth interior. It was a great. It was my first car. It was the first car I ever had. I paid uh, money, cash, from working at Chuck E. Cheese, and I saved up all my money and got that car, and I got that car the beginning of my junior year.
1: Oh, man, and it was a boat. Like he said, it was a big body car. It was a boat and a half. Uh, but we had some good times in that car. One of the times we had in that car, we uh went to the Lock and Dam one day. And why were we at the Lock and Dam, Chris?
0: Well, this was in the time in our, if you have been listening to us for a while uh, and following kind of our stories, this is the period, if you ever listened to the first episode, the pilot episode, this was the time where we were like skipping church, going to Hooters, Uh, So we would skip church. I think this was probably after church, but most Sundays after church, we would go fishing. We would pick up some hardies, and we would go fishing at the Lock and Dam. And this became a Sunday ritual for us. Uh, We loved to fish. Of course, being in Georgia, there were some great places to fish. And so every Sunday afternoon, we would go to hardies, and then we would pick up the hardies and go fishing at the Lock and Dam. Uh, So we get there almost to the Lock and Dam.
1: And uh, what happens, Micah? So we end up getting to the Lock and Dam, and just, I just have to digress. This this was a little bit of a nice spot. So it was right on the border of Georgia and South Carolina. It was right up the Savannah River. There was this big, like it sounds, Lock and Dam, and I remember we would get a bunch of snacks and we would go. But we get there, and we're going to unload, and then we realize the keys are locked in the car.
0: Well, let me backtrack and tell you why the keys were locked out of the car. So, uh, we had put our fishing gear in the trunk of my car, which I am surprised that it actually fit with the trunk being so small. You, if you've ever been fishing, you know, the fishing poles are long. So, uh, I've, Micah got his hook stuck in the cloth and I got out and I had already got my stuff and I had my keys in my hand and I was, uh, Trying to, he was like, Hey, can you come here real quick? I got my hook stuck in the trunk and I can't get it out. And I mean, this thing was like stuck, like really, really stuck. And so, yes, it was so the hook was on there really well. And uh, so I set my keys down in the trunk and we got it unhooked. And I finally got it unhooked, but my dumb behind shut the trunk and I forgot to have my keys in the car. Well, I know what you're thinking. Why didn't you just push the uh, trunk button to unlock the trunk? Well, what was the problem with the trunk button,
1: Micah? It was spotty. It worked sometimes when it wanted to, and other times it did not. And, you know, for those of you who are asking, you know, this was not the... This car did not have a key fob trunk button like you're thinking of. The trunk button in this car was in the glove compartment. There was a little button in the glove compartment. And when I say it was finicky... It was finicky. Like, I mean, there was no rhyme or reason to it. It would open. I I even remember there was one time that we were, and this is another side story, but we were in traffic. And I was teasing around like I was going to press the button. And I was like, you know what? It's probably not even going to work. And I pressed that button and the trunk popped open and I had to get out in traffic and close the trunk. Anyways, I digress. So this day, this glorious day, the trunk button decided not to work. So we're trying to drastically figure out, okay, how are we going to get the car unlocked? What are we going to do? Because how on earth can we get into the car? But the good thing was the back doors, for whatever reason, were still unlocked so we could get to the back seat and so we had some figuring out to do.
0: Well, the whole car as as of itself was unlocked. We could still get in the car. It was just my keys were in the trunk, and uh, we were kind of out in the middle of nowhere, and it was a Sunday, so someone like Papa Lock or whatever couldn't couldn't get out there quickly. Uh, just a side note: I have locked my keys in the car so many times; it's not even funny. I'm on a I'm on a loyalty uh, first class program with Papa Lock, uh, so they they know me on a first name basis but, uh, yeah, it was a Sunday, and nobody was really answered, so, we're like, what the heck, what do we do, and I think maybe, um, I don't think I had a spare set, if I did, it might have been with my parents, who weren't able to get me, so, uh, Micah calls his dad, and his dad's not really much help, uh, per usual, and, uh, and, uh, so what happened? What, what do, who did we end up calling? We called, a, we called someone, and who did we call? We didn't call Gus, Ghostbusters. Who did we call?
1: We ended up calling my grandfather, and my grandfather had been not only a car dealer but a mechanic for a long period of time, and I mean, the man is very good at what he does. I will say that. He literally knows his car is inside and out. You could hold up the phone to a ticket noise in the engine and he'll tell you exactly what it is, where it is based on the kind of car you have. So we start telling him about what's going on and the keys are locked in the trunk. He asked what kind of car it was and and so we told him and he says, well, it's real simple. Why don't you take out the back seat? And we said, we we can take out the back seat? He's like, yeah, just take out the back seat and there'll be access to the trunk. You can grab the keys and you'll be good. And so that's what we ended up doing. It was just as simple as that. We ended up... But the, the funny thing was, I don't think that seat had ever been taken out. Since that car was manufactured, I say it was easy, but it did take some shimming to get that thing out of there.
0: Well, I I don't know if it there were like actual tools in the trunk or if there was just a button that we had to push to release the seat. I don't actually remember, but I remember us taking it out. But you're right. The only previous owner that had been that had owned it before me was just like this older lady who just drove it to and from like around. Like the car barely had hardly any miles on it when I when I got it. It was in pristine condition. Um, and but. I guess the back seat had never been taken out, so we took out the back seat, got the keys, unlocked the trunk. And we went fishing. It was it was pretty simple. So Micah's grandpa actually
1: saved us. He saved the day, and um, it was. Uh, I actually remember how we got it out. There were clips, like you had to you know like lift up and kind of shimmy the clips, and um, you know get get it out of there. But yeah, it was it was one of those. Um, I don't know. I kind of felt dumb in the moment because I've. It's all those moments of feeling kind of helpless of, oh, man, what are we going to do? I mean, I think one of the ideas was like only if we had a crowbar, we could like pull the trunk open and all this other stuff. And it was just as simple as taking a few clips out, lifting that seat out. And and there were the keys. We just reached and got it. We're like, "Why, why did we think of that?
0: Well, our, I maybe took like 30 minutes an hour tops and we enjoyed the rest of our day fishing. Like I said, uh, Micah's grandpa saved the day. I do really miss that car. That car was really good to me. Uh, it had a really bad oil leak when I moved to Texas. So that's why I couldn't keep it anymore, but it was really, it was a really good first car. Um, I'll tell y'all another story about how I got profiled from leaving Micah's house and almost got arrested because of the type of car it was. And the and what I was driving. I'll tell you that story another time. Believe it
1: or not, another side story. I actually ended up owning the car at one point as well. So we, we both ended up owning the car at one point. It both served us very well. We both got profiled in the car based on what side of town we were on. It was that kind of car. But uh, another side story to that, that we're going to tell you probably another time, we uh, used to do some videos with it some uh, cops videos because it looked like a cop car kind of and we had an empty parking lot to work with but that's another story for another day well
0: that was a good old fashioned donut now our next segment is the jelly donut which is the jail report Also, if you don't know what audio clip it is that we've been playing for the Jelly Donut, it's from Full Metal Jacket. We've automatically decided when we were going to call this the Jelly Donut that we were going to use that clip from Full Metal Jacket. Now, we had to edit it out because there were some curse words, but I digress. So, Mike, are you ready for the jail report? I'm ready. What this one is. So, this has been like um, in the news pretty recently, and I'm sure y'all have heard it, but uh, there was a South Carolina official say that they won't file charges against a boater who fatally shot a man that he helped rescue from the water. A statement from the Oconee Sh- County Sheriff's Office says that, uh, Mr. Mist- uh, that the Judge w- Wagner, his name is Judge Wagner, ruled that the Tuesday shooting of 29-year-old Nathan by an unarmed 74-year-old man was in self-defense and no charges will be filed. Uh, Nathan who was a resident was shot aboard a pontoon boat on Lake Kiawi, I think. Uh so Nathan and a woman were in distress having fallen off their jet ski into the lake. Oca- Oconee County Sheriff's o- official said earlier the two had no life jackets and the jet ski-, ski was circling so they were in a in a bind. Now this older man and his wife were on a pontoon boat and they drove over to help fish the pair out of the lake and the couple on the boat told authorities that Mr. Nathan became agitated and began assaulting them. Investigators were told he may have wanted to get back on the jet ski. They also believe there may have been an argument between Mr. Nathan and the woman he was with before they fell into the water. Uh, They also speculate that Mr. Nathan uh, may have been intoxicated. The woman who was with Mr. Nathan pushed him back into the lake and attempted to defuse the situation. And the couple... On the pontoon boat, the elderly couple helped them aboard again. And the man shot, the elderly man shot him after a second encounter, saying he feared for his and his wife's lives. And authorities have declined to name the couple. Morgan died on the pontoon boat from a gunshot wound to the chest. Um, Mr. Thomas, who lives nearby, told them that the shooting was crazy and unexpected given the area. Certainly, we've never seen anything like that or heard anything like that before so it's very interesting to me that they try to save this guy and then they end up shooting and killing him in the process have you heard anything about this
1: this couple is on a, on a jet ski first and foremost without a life jacket which uh, that's beyond me but so they fall in and they're in distress and this jet ski is um if if no one ever has ever seen a boat that is unattended most of the time when the engine's running and it's at a throttle of any sort it's just going to go in a circle so it's circling them i'm sure they're pretty scared this pontoon boat comes along with an elderly couple and they're like okay we're going to go help these guys so they come around they pull the couple aboard the man who was on the jet ski might have been drunk Got on there, started an altercation, I guess got mad because they're like, we're going to take you to shore. And he's like, no, we're not leaving my jet ski or something like that. And end up getting into an altercation. They push him back into the water and say, you know, I guess cool off a little bit. If you don't want to get rescued, you can stay here. And then I guess maybe it was like, no, 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 we want to get rescued. They pull him back on on the boat and they said, okay, we're going to take you to shore and... And then they said, you know, the guy got agitated, was like, no, no, take me back to my jet ski or something like that. And it also makes you wonder if he was intoxicated, if they said, you know, whenever we take you to shore or whatever, you know, we might call the police or something. And maybe he freaked out because of that. But it was the second time that they pulled him on the boat. They got to some sort of wild altercation. And that's when they shot him.
0: Essentially, yeah. Now, uh, the elderly couple didn't push him back into the water. It was his girlfriend that was with him. But yeah, that's essentially what happened. Um, And you're probably right. They probably were like, hey, we're going to call the police or somebody to come rescue you, somebody to come pick you up. And uh, maybe he had warrants. Maybe he was intoxicated. I don't know what it was. Because I think if you're intoxicated and they found out that he was driving a jet ski, I think he could still get charged with DWI, I think.
1: So... um... That's that's a strange one though. I it just um, I do wish there was a little bit more to the story because I feel like you know, there's definitely stuff that's missing from it. Um, I don't. I mean, they would have to know the full story. The judge would have had to in order to say self defense. But I, I do think that's rather odd. That uh, I mean, that must have been some sort of crazy altercation where they feared for their life.
0: Well, I wonder if the girlfriend like was a witness against him. And that may have caused the judge to say, Oh wait, this is self-defense. I don't know. I don't know what the causings were, or maybe the fact that the couple were elderly and maybe like he was coming to threaten them. Cause like elderly people can't really defend themselves in a physical altercation. And so maybe that's why they thought,
1: Well, and you also never know what he said. I mean, they they could have pulled him on the boat the second time around after the girlfriend pushed him in the water, and he could have came on there. And you don't know what the girlfriend was saying, too. girlfriend might have said, you know, he's crazy, he hit me, whatever. And so they pulled him back ashore, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're definitely calling the cops now or something like that. And you never know. The guy might have been like, you call the cops, I kill you. Or, you know, you call the cops, I'm going to something as something spooked them enough to pull out a gun and shoot them. I mean, but it just, that, uh, that escalated quickly.
0: Yeah, very quickly. And now they're going to have to go, or I guess they're clear to the charges. So I guess they don't have to like go to trial or nothing like that. But I mean, they didn't release the people's names, obviously for their safety, because there are a lot of people that, you know, don't have level heads. And it might, maybe as family members, like could do something crazy or whatnot, but, I think it's absolutely crazy. I mean, like you said earlier, it's crazy that they weren't wearing any life jackets on a jet ski. Like that's kind of number 1 boating 101. Even if you even if you're a good swimmer, you should still be wearing a life jacket. So, I don't know, it's definitely crazy.
1: Yeah, so lesson lesson on that one um wear a life jacket and also um uh, good on them for helping them, but you know. Uh, again, I would like to hear more of the story, but it's uh Definitely an interesting one.
0: It sounds like the couple had the purest of intentions because the fact that they helped him back onto the boat a second time means they really weren't trying to hurt this guy. Like, if they were trying to help him back on, that means that they really were trying to help, in my opinion. I don't know the story. I can't make a judgment call on it. But anyway, so what is our next segment, Micah?
1: Our next segment is the Donut Hole. Which is our uh, random segment where we just pick something each week, and Chris has one this week. What's, what's, what's going on with the donut hole this
0: week? Y'all know me. Y'all know I'm big into movies. I love movies. I love going to the movies. I know a lot about movies. Uh, this one, a lot of people probably have already seen, so if you haven't seen this one, I recommend it because it's on Netflix, but it's called The Adam Project, and it's very trending. It's got Ryan Reynolds, uh, Mark Ruffalo, uh, Zoe, I don't know how to say her last name, but she played Gamora, and Guardians of the Galaxy so the premise of this is this little 12 year old boy and he uh he is just lost his dad like maybe a year ago and him and his mom are fighting and he's it's the year 2022 so it's set in our time and then all of a sudden this like random guy pops up like crash lands a spaceship into uh, his backyard turns out it's himself from like 30 years into the future So the the 30-year-from-the-future self is there to, like, find his wife and also to stop time travel from being invented because there's this evil lady that's, like, trying to take over the world. And, like, she basically has monopolized time travel and, like, got rich off of it. And so he's trying to stop time travel. And he was actually trying to go to 2018, but something happened, and he got malfunctioned in 2022. And it's, you know... It's kind of like Back to the Future, but and like they even make a Back to the Future joke, and uh, you know, uh, the kids like, "Hey, should you be like Biff from Back to the Future and give me the the magazine so I can place bets?" And of course, Ryan Reynolds is his grown up self. He's like, "Oh, grow up!" But it was a really good movie. And why do I recommend re- recommend this movie? Because it's really about like going back to your origins and finding yourself, and like the grown up uh, Adam. Of course, that's why it's named the grown up Adam realizes, hey, like there are some things that I've been carrying from my past that I haven't dealt with. And so getting to encounter your 12 year old self and like it maybe even think like, what would I be like or what would I say to my 12 year old self? And like the kid in the movie is like a jerk to his mom, of course, because he's upset. And, of course, the grown-up Ryan Reynolds is – or Adam is, like, trying to tell him, hey, like, don't be a jerk to your mom. You're going to appreciate it. And, like, he even encounters his mom, and there's, like, a second chance for a second re-encounter. And, of course, you know, they're screwing with the whole timeline and everything. But I think it was a really good movie just because, like, it's funny. It's got sci-fi. It's got good family values. And there were some heartfelt moments in it. It was really, really good. So I definitely recommend it.
1: Well, it sounds very interesting. I mean – what would I say to my 12-year-old self? Oh, Lord. There's a lot. Um, but, no, that, that sounds like a very interesting concept. And I really don't think there's been too many full-on like time travel movies. It sounds like it's one of those that really makes you think as well, which I like those. Um, Got to be in the mood for it because sometimes those really mess with your mind. But uh, it sounds really good. You recommended it to me uh, a few weeks ago, and I still need to go watch it. But um uh, as as most of you dota Box ogs heard i mean i just finished harry potter like too long ago so i i'm very behind on things well it's it's really good
0: too because like um and not to spoil it but they eventually go back to 2018 to where originally grown-up adam was trying to go and they encounter like the dad before they passed away before he passed away and they're like struggling with do we tell him does he pass away this and that and it's like interesting to see those encounters with like the grown-up adam who can have those encounters with his dad that he didn't and it like really kind of spoke to me because like you know i lost my dad when i was you know like four or five years ago and so it was like man like i it it was kind of cool to see and it really tugged on my heartstrings but uh but michael what would you say to your 12 year old self i know what i would say to my 12 year old self i would tell my 12 year old self hey the stuff that you're stressed out about, it's really not going to matter in 10 years or 15 years, actually. And uh, take more chances because I was like a quiet kid, uh, kind of a nerd. Micah, tell you, I was a nerd and a half. Micah, Micah credits himself with saving me from my nerd shell.
1: I don't know about all that now. Maybe at one point when I had a an ego and a head on me like that, but. Um, I think you came out of it a lot on your own. I think, uh, but anyways, I digress. So if I had to say something to my twelve-year-old self, I think I would say, uh, "You're a spaz. Calm down a little bit." Because <laughs> um, uh, as Chris would attest, I mean, I was uh, I was not only a drama queen at that point. I would probably say I was I was very dramatic, and I would also I was quite the spaz. I was kind of all over the place.
0: Now I'm going to throw you on the spot. Uh, this isn't the improv segment just yet, but is there like a moment that you would like to go back and relive, or a moment that you would like to maybe change or revisit? Uh, there's a
1: few. The biggest thing that I would say that it's it's a few years later. Um, it's when we moved to Texas, and you know I was I was playing football and everything, and I remember sitting there. Um, in the head coach's office and he was talking about you know what positions they could have needed and things and fullback came out and uh, i mean this is also not a sports segment but i really like michael allston if you've never heard of him go take a look he was a bowling ball of a man i mean he was literally he was a fullback he would go and he would run and i mean he would just bowl people over and i could have had that moment but i decided no i'm just going to stick in my comfort zone and stay in the same position i had even though they were stacked full with it and i knew i probably wasn't going to play and the thing is um probably would have gone back and did that just to just to see what it would have been like and see what kind of success i would have had with that just kind of getting out of the comfort zone there. I think
0: I would have like tried to, I guess, be more intentional about my family and like spending more t- time with my dad, obviously. But I think I would have taken more chances. And like, like you said, cause when you're young, you're kind of like, Oh, what if I do this? What if I- it doesn't work out? And it's like, when you're young, you have those opportunities. I would definitely in- enjoy them. I would tell myself to like, break out of your shell. But anyway, so think about that. What would you tell your 12 year old self? If you could go back and visit, you got something else to add. To I do have
1: one more question for you. Um, for those of you who don't know, curse is uh, big into baseball. Would you have, uh, would you have pursued baseball more as a thing at that point?
0: Uh, maybe, maybe not because I think, well, the school that I went to was a fine art school and we didn't have baseball, but I think that was the best school for me. And I think I turned out the way I did for the better because of going to that school, I don't think I would have. But, uh, anyways, that was kind of a, like a side segment. Double with uh, go check up the check out the Adam Project. You know what? I really like Ryan Reynolds. Like I've come to really like him as an actor. He just seems like as a pretty good stand up guy.
1: He seems like if you met him on the street, he'd be a pretty good guy.
0: Yeah, his earlier stuff was like kind of trash, but I think he's kind of like finding
1: himself. Last side note, and we'll move on. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is the same way. I wasn't a big Leonardo DiCaprio in the ni- fan in the 90s, but, you know, here, 2010s and beyond, I, I think he really came into his acting skills, but I digress.
0: Yeah, he, he, he broke into that. So go check out the Adam Project. All right, now our next segment is What Fries My Donuts? And, Michael, what fries your donuts, man?
1: <laughs> There's a lot of things. But right now, what really fries my donuts is, and Chris and I had a very long conversation about this yesterday, uh, which... Another thing, it's great to be back live with him. It's good to hang out with you, man. Um, but I, what really fries my donuts is when people want more responsibility, and this is in life in general. This is not, you know, this is work and whatever. But they want more responsibility, but they're not willing to put in the work. Responsibility and you know to move up in life, it takes a lot of work. You know, those two things go hand in hand, and it blows my mind that people don't understand that. I mean, uh, for, for prime example, I, I have this fellow at work, and um, I'm in a management role right now. Um, and the thing that he keeps telling me is, I want more work. I want to help you, and I want to eventually become a manager. That's what I want to do. But when it comes time to give that person that work and when it comes time to delegate that work to them or um, kind of show them what it takes to be a manager or how to do certain things, they're A, either nowhere to be found. Like they just, they really just are absent and you just cannot get to them. Um, Or they'll, they'll do what you say, but then they'll turn right back around and say, "Oh well, yeah, he's doing it wrong. He's a he's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about." And it kind of ties into our um, ties into what fries our donuts last week when we were talking about how people, when they want to, be, they ask for help or ask you a question, and the next thing you know, they're turned right back around. No, 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 that's not how it is. That's not how it is. That's not how it is. First of all. You're not in my shoes each and every day you're not you don't know what it takes the thing is you're asking me what does it take what does it take show me what it takes train me on how to do this but they're not willing to put the effort forth like they, they just, just don't want to do it they don't want to do it and it really just really fries my donuts when people don't back up what they say that I mean that is the biggest thing they do not they say it's all talk it's all talk it's, and the actions just show you point blank. They want all the glory. They want the money. They want whatever, but they don't want to do a lick of work to get there
0: or even hold themselves accountable. I've had several employees like this and, uh, you know, I've, I've tried to take the time to invest in them, try to help them grow. It's kind of the same thing as Mike. Oh, they come up to me. Oh, I want to grow. I want to be a manager. I want to do this. And, uh, but then they want every weekend off. They want all the holidays off. They're like, "Can uh, I don't? Can I not work Saturday? My friends are want me to go float the river with them. This and that." And I'm like. Bro, I mean, I understand that. That's cool. But at the same time, when you're a manager, sometimes you have to work more and you have to work harder. You can't have every weekend off. Like, you have to be here, be for the responsibilities. And then when I point out to you your character and you're sitting here pointing and saying, oh, it's everybody's fault but me, that's a character issue. And I can't help you if you don't want to help yourself. And, you know, like he was saying, you know, if you want to you wanna do it, your actions and your words got to line up. And uh, and honestly, too, another thing that really fries my donuts too is like with like he was saying, like people complain, they just want to complain about the problem, but they don't want the responsibility of fixing the problem. They they want to say, oh yeah, this and this and this is wrong. This sucks. This manager sucks. They don't know how to do it. They don't know how to do what they're doing. But then when they're put in that position, they don't know what the heck they're doing. So it's like that. It's like the classic uh, armchair quarterback. They will, you know. Everybody on Sundays wants to be like, oh, yeah, you could have thrown that pass better. You could have caught that pass. And it's like, bro, you're not there. And we actually watched uh, watched an episode where it kind of made fun of of this TV show where it made fun of the coach. And uh, they were getting all mad at the coach because they lost the game. And one person was like, you didn't air the ball. You didn't throw the ball enough. And another person was like, you didn't run the ball enough. And it was like, you didn't those, do those cool tricks in the movies like we've seen. And it's really that's really how life is.
1: That's really how a lot of these people are as well. And that's a lot of the reason whenever they do actually move up, they end up failing is because they're not the the biggest thing that I can give advice to those people is to stop and listen, because the small things and what we're saying, listen, I'm not perfect. I'll be the first one to admit it. I am not perfect. You know, there's probably things in my job each and every day that I can improve on. But you know, my goal is to improve upon those things each and every day. And so the thing is, none of us are perfect. But instead of pointing those fingers and say, I can do a better job, I can do that, look, listen, see what's going on, see how you can improve that so that whenever you're in that position, you can improve on that instead of going in that situation and failing because all you did was talk about how I can make a difference, but you actually don't have an idea of what that person was going through during that time.
0: That's exactly what I was going to say, too. Sometimes you just don't know of all the pieces that are moving, and there are things that happen behind the scenes that some people don't even realize. And a lot of people like to say, oh, I do it this way, I do it this way. But you don't know the variables, all the variables that are going on. You don't know all the directions that are be- that person is being pulled, and they're trying to do the best they can. So uh, that's all I have to say on it. Don't, don't say you want responsibility and then your actions show different.
1: And I agree upon that. I mean, the thing is, there's a lot of times and a lot of situations, it may seem like, oh, well, you know, he's not doing his job to his fullest extent of his ability. Well, the thing is, there are times in life where you have your hands tied. There are ver- those variables out there that tie your hands to where you can't really do things and you have to navigate around a lot of barriers and things of that nature. Um, well, that was a very good Fries my donuts. I I, I think it definitely uh, strikes a chord with the both of us with that sort of thing. Uh, but our next segment is the mystery donut, which is our improv segment. And uh, what what's our theme this week? What what are we gonna do?
0: All right, here. So let me uh, draw some exits out of the uh, the little bowl here. Okay, so our exit. We've done this before, but. It's, we did it the very first episode. It's eighteen. Y'all have had plenty. We've played games. We've done plenty of accents for y'all. So we're gonna do uh two old guys, two old two old friends, and let's see where they're gonna be at. Okay, they're going to be at the local McDonald's Get their Monday morning coffee Or everyday coffee, I should say Y'all all all know those people at the McDonald's Those old people that go there every day They meet up with the same people And they just sit there and talk So we're going to do that for you
1: Sounds good You want to start or you want me to start? You could start All right. Well, I saw Marsha down the road You know what she told me? She told me that tire on that old Ford blew out again well, I
0: told Marsha, I said, Don't buy Ford. Don't buy Ford. I said, You know what, Ford? Ford has gone all the pot. I said, You need to go down talk to Jimmy Mills down there at Chevrolet. Speaking of Jimmy, did you hear about his son? Did you know little old Travis is locked up again?
1: Man, I can't even believe it. what is this? The third time in five years? Nope, fourth time. You remember the last time he was
0: breaking in, stealing copper off, off the off the AC units over there at uh jimmy
1: mills jimmy mills yep you know what speaking of that shirley said her grandson got locked up again same thing i can't believe that boy you know what he was doing last i heard he was doing well working with the glass but you know what i guess he didn't keep up with all that well you know he was good with glass, right you know why he was
0: good with glass? because he was using that glass crack pipe you know he was you know him and Oh Jimmy Mill's boy Travis was 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 sally their sailmates. Did you know they're, they're co-defendants? Oh
1: I tell you what, I bet you I know exactly where they've been hanging out too. It's that old abandoned house over on Cocker Road. You know which one I'm talking about? The one with the busted windows? Yep, yep. Is it
0: what 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 Doreen and her her second husband did they own that house for a little while, put drapes all in it? Put drapes all in it. I didn't like the way they did it. I worked on that house myself. And I said, you know what, Dory, you don't wanna put these drapes in here, cause guess what? There's a little leak in that ceiling. Guess what? It's gonna wreck your drapes all the pot. You're gonna spend money on them drapes. They're gonna be ruined. I promise you. Guess
1: what happened? Yeah, I remember that. They said they were gonna use it as a fixer-upper, quote unquote, fixer upper. And you know what ended up happening? They sold that house six years. Mm-mm. I can't even believe it. It only took them six years. They got rid of that thing. And you know what? I heard they lost money on that.
0: They lost money. You know why? You know why? The poor man's drinking. That's why. That's what drug him to his grave. The poor man's drinking. That's why Doreen left him. Went to her third husband. The poor man drank drank himself to death. Guess what? Poor Doreen. She didn't have a penny to squat on. She didn't have a penny at all. She didn't have a can to pee in. The poor man. Didn't leave her nothing. Doreen's a widow. But now she married a rich fella.
1: Oh yeah! Isn't that that Paul fella? What's his last
0: name? Paul. Paul, Paul, uh, Paul McWilliams, that's his name, McWilliams, he's he's the owner over there of the tire shop, McWilliams Tire, that's what it is.
1: That's right, I remember that. I went over there and got my tires done one time, and I remember that That boy up front. He had no customer service at all. You know, he was spitting that dip right on the floor. I told that boy, I said, you don't spit that dip on the floor, that's disrespectful. Well, it's a shame, it's a
0: shame. You know, when I was raised up, you spit your dip, dip outside, or you had a little cup, spit it right on the floor. You know, that's vinyl flooring. You know who did that vinyl flooring? The vinyl flooring, I tell you, you know, who did it right there? Evan, Evan Hansen. Evan Hansen, wait, hold on,
1: Evan Hansen. Maybe that's a musical I see. That's that. That ain't it. That ain't it. No, you're talking about Gene Hansen, the one over there with Tile Works, the the business Tile Works. You know the one over there on Highway 98. Oh yeah, yeah. You know,
0: you know, you know, Melody. You know she got me watching all them kinds of musicals and whatnot. Last week it was West Side Story. This week it was Dear Evan Hansen. I could, I fall asleep. I said, you know what? I can't watch this no more. i, I just put on Gunsmoke, put on Bonanza, put some. I can't watch this second a day.
1: You know who I like? I like, I like that, uh, that Matt Dillon. I like that fella from Old Gunsmoke. I think he's good. I think he's a good fella. You know that that James Arness? He he was a good actor. Whatever happened to him? Well, say Liver cancer. Did not go get his prostate checked. That what happened? Well, I tell you what, I've been getting told by that doctor of mine that I need to go down there to the clinic and get mine done. But I told him, you know what, you ain't putting that glove on there and doing that thing to me. Uh, Uh-uh,
0: I don't know how these kids roll nowadays, but uh uh-uh, I ain't getting no glove shoved up me. Nope, 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 I don't care if I get prostate cancer,
1: I ain't doing it. I told, I told him he told me that one more time. I'm going to go down there to Mc, McMainerberry down the road and get my stuff checked out by a different doctor because I don't know how he'd be playing sometimes. Uh, excuse me. Excuse me, sir. Yep. Yep, Manuel. Yep. Can, can I get a refill of my coffee, please? Black. No sugar.
0: And that was our improv segment. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, we all know those old people that usually go down... To the McDonald's or that old place, they have a hangout spot. And they talk every morning. I, me and Mike are going to be those guys when we eventually retire.
1: Oh yeah, it's like a McDonald's, a gas station, something like that. We're just going to go down there. We're going to talk about everybody at the town. We're going to be, we're going to be ant blabbys down there. You know what I mean?
0: Yep, yep. So our eclair is our last and final segment, and that is our positive advice. So do you mind if I go first this week? So I am going to give you guys advice. There are going to be people in our lives that just work on our last nerve. And my positive advice is know the difference of when to engage somebody and when not to engage somebody. There are going to be people that try your patience and they're going to try to get a rise out of you. And sometimes it's okay to walk away. It's really okay. I dealt with a guest that, I mean, I told him, you know, he was using profane language just straight up just having a bad day and I tried to talk to him said hey like let's not talk like that there's kids around this man wanted to fight me and I said you know what I'm not gonna you know give give way to a hothead this guy was a hothead um sometimes you just got to walk away and that doesn't make you any less of a person but sometimes there are people in your life that they're really just trying to get a rise out of you and you just need to learn how to Walk away. Now there are some times where you do need to engage and you do need to shut things down and you do need to speak with truth, but it's okay to walk away. It's okay to not engage people. You know, I I, I use this and it's out of Proverbs and it's like don't answer a fool according to his folly, which means don't don't answer a fool with foolishness. So just remember that. Remember it's okay to walk away. You don't have to engage, uh, and that's okay. So I'll turn it over to you, Micah.
1: Yeah, you never have to play down to somebody. You know, I mean that's that's really what that comes down to. But that's a good word, Chris. Uh, for me, um, this week, I I just want to say, and this weirdly goes off of the what fries my donuts, but it was not intended to be a part of that. But um, have compassion for other people. I really, I had an experience driving up here to see Chris. Um, I stopped at this gas station, and this gas station was in the middle of nowhere. Um, it was actually in a place called Junction, Texas. If you've, if you've ever been there, there's not much there. Um, it's right on the side of this interstate. But, I mean, the nearest major city is uh, about 100 miles away, and that's, that's nearest town pretty much. And there was this guy, and he was walking off of, and he was my age, and he was walking off of the interstate. And he had this big old rucksack on his back, essentially like, you know, hikers would carry and things. And you can tell that he had been traveling for a very long time and he'd been walking and that was all of his stuff there. And, you know, he was the typical, I wouldn't say typical, but he was he was kind of that drifter type and he was going up and asking everybody for change and such. And we've all seen those people before. And normally I don't pay them any mind as bad as it is in our society. That happens so frequently to where you don't know these people's past. You don't want to necessarily give them money. You don't necessarily want to do certain things because, uh, you don't know how they're going to use it. And that's, it's sad, but it's true. So my first thought was to look on and pay this person no mind. And he came up to me and he asked me, uh, for some spare change he and and you could tell he was desperate he walked up to me and he said you know do you have any spare change like even pennies will do and I looked at him dead in the eye and I just I saw myself in that situation and man it broke my heart it really did and you could tell the guy was being legitimate and I'm not going to tell you the rest of the story because it doesn't matter what happened with that but the thing is Sometimes you need to look those people in the eye and you need to understand that these people are hurting or suffering and they need help in certain instances. And so be that compassionate person. Sometimes it's good to let those thoughts flow out of your mind of, you know, oh, it's just that typical person that, you know, whatever, let me just pass them by. The thing that really got me was He was asking a lot of people and most people would not talk to him like he was invisible. And I just want to encourage whoever's out there. I don't know why, but I just feel that maybe somebody out there does feel invisible like that. And you're not people see you, you're valuable to somebody. That person was valuable to somebody, even in the smallest of circumstances, you're valuable. So I just want to leave whoever needs that with that level of encouragement.
0: Yeah, man. I think we all, have that desire to be seen. And I think sometimes we get so busy that we forget to stop and uh, notice people. But it goes a long way when you notice people and show compassion and kindness to them. But uh, we are so glad that you came along with us on this wonderful Monday morning ride of Donut Box Podcast. Hey, thank you guys for supporting us. Y'all have been great at it. We're steady growing. You know, we're still building. We're still, honestly, even though it feels like we're, you know, season vets we're still a brand new podcast i mean we're only 18 episodes in and so we appreciate it make sure you tell your friends hey if you have friends in other states tell them because we want all 50 states on the map so we're in three continents already we could hopefully get to seven Maybe there's a listener in Antarctica. Santa, if you're listening, go ahead and subscribe to the Dota Box podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That works. Hey, and, you know, the thing is, it's like Pokemon. We want to have all the states. We want to catch them all, all of them. So we we really do appreciate it. But uh, tvtrashcan.com, tvtrashcan.com, go give us a visit. Uh, Like, subscribe on YouTube and Come come interact with us on the social media page. That's the one thing that we, uh, we want a little more. We want y'all commenting and stuff because we want to talk to you guys.
0: All right. Do you think we should sing Don't Stop Believing again? Probably not because we don't want to make your ears bleed. Even further. <laughs> All right. Well, y'all take it easy. I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And we will see you guys next week. Well, we won't really see you. You'll hear from us. We'll virtually
1: see you next week.
0: Don't worry. Don't call us. We'll call you. Just kidding.
1: All right. Y'all have a good one.